Welcome to Goop Tales, episode 58, Perfecta and the Night Ghost of Prague. I'm Maria Kalanchini, and I'm the author of Goop Tales. So today we are going to take a trip to Prague, where I have never been, but it's on my list, with Little Miss Perfecta. Now, Perfecta is a goop that likes everything perfect, and she was inspired, or she was created by the listener, Audrey. Audrey sent me in a great idea to name a goop Perfecta, and she also sent in this big inspiration about Perfecta picking blueberries and not getting the perfect blueberries, which just made me think of baking. So you're gonna see some baking and where I took Audrey's idea for this story at the beginning of the story. And along the way, you're gonna find out some really fun things that I learned. I'll let you learn most of them in the story, but I'm gonna tell you a little bit about what you're gonna hear. Um, One is there's foxes in this story. And in researching it, I found out that a group of foxes is called a skulk. So I didn't know that. So you'll hear the word skulk. And then a male fox can also be referred to as the Todd. So I kind of played with the word um, the Todd. And so if you hear that in here or when you hear it in this story, it is referring to the lead male fox in this group of foxes. And you're also going to hear a bit about um, ventral fur. Ventral fur is the inside fur of a hare, and it's bright white. So I'm not going to spoil that bit for you because it's really interesting what they can do with their ventral fur. You'll hear it in the story. A couple things before we get started. People have been asking me about how to see the photos from the stories, and I apologize for not having all together on the technical side, although I've gotten a couple things together and I'm now hiring someone new to help me. And in any case, what we're going to do, because all of the photos for this story are up on Pinterest for all of the Goop Tales, and there's photo albums that go with each Goop Tales. So we're going to connect those to the website. So I think within the next two weeks, those photos will be connected to the website. So you can go to the individual page of each Goop and find the photos. If you want to go before, Or then you can just go to pinterest.com forward slash gooptails and see all of the photos there and the covers of all the stories and pretty much everything gooptails that's a photo at our Pinterest site. So that is it. I want to thank those of you that have left new reviews. I love it. I love reading them. There's some great ones. Thank you. I love communicating or seeing you communicate with me like that. It really, every day I check them for new ones. So thank you so much for doing that. If you don't know how to do that, I'm going to tell you at the end of this episode. But I think that is it. That's everything I wanted to say to start with. And let's get started with Perfecta. Perfecta loved to be precise. She checked everything twice. She always kept perfect order and would never be a hoarder. She would perfect and perfect. And if things weren't quite right, she would adamantly object. Chapter One Once upon a time, there was a fastidious little goop girl named Perfecta. She was very loved by family and friends. She always took great care of those around her and made sure that 
everyone in her presence was well attended to. You could call her a perfect hostess and a loyal friend. One of her many talents was baking. Perfecta would spend hours in the kitchen, creating new cake recipes, and then she would decorate them to perfection. Her cakes were so perfectly decorated, no one ever wanted to cut into them, let alone take a bite. She once made a cake that looked exactly like the Eiffel Tower. It was tall and pointed and had little tourists painted on every level. There was grass at the bottom made of tiny coconut flakes that she dyed with green food coloring and little people enjoying time in the Champ de Mars beneath the Eiffel Tower. The detail was exquisite. One of Perfecta's favorite weekend activities was throwing a themed tea party. She would choose a theme like friendship, joy, adventure, lily pads, fairies, animals, or anything that struck her fancy. And then she would set a beautiful tea party with her homemade creations. Her tea parties were famous throughout Goop World, and all of the Goops loved to be invited. There was only one thing that made them hesitate about accepting Perfecta's invitations. The fact that Perfecta wanted everything to be perfect. And if it wasn't, she would turn into a whirling dervish. Perfecta was a perfectionist. She loved order and neatness. She carried around a tiny magnifying glass just to make sure that everything was perfect. She loved it when things were in their place. She loved it when her cakes came out perfectly. She loved it when her clothes matched and her hair was brushed into two smooth ponytails. Perfection was Perfecta's happy place. When things went awry and weren't perfect, Perfecta was known to spin out of control. She would spin so fast she was barely visible. Once, she invited Messalina and Dirty Gus to a jungle-themed tea party where she served rooibos and chamomile tea and miniature cupcakes. Each cupcake had a different animal on top. There was a perfectly shaped monkey made of almond paste, a tall giraffe that was painted to precision with tiny brushstrokes, a tiny hippo made of smooth gray fondant, a zebra that had the most perfect black and white stripes. Perfecta had spent days preparing for this tea party, and she was so very proud of her creations. Only 10 minutes into the party, Messalina knocked over a teapot full of hot chamomile tea, which spilled over onto the brown almond paste monkey and turned him into a steaming, mushy pile that was very unappetizing. Dirty Gust reached over to wipe up the melted monkey and in doing so, knocked the tall giraffe cupcake to the floor and its golden brown body splattered everywhere. Perfecta watched it all, barely able to breathe. 
And then she spun and spun until the entire thing was cleaned up in less than one minute. She then escorted Messalina and Dirty Gus to the door and politely told them the party was over. Perfecta very much enjoyed spending time with her goop friend Snatcher because although he was known to snatch things that didn't belong to him, he never, ever made a mess. One day, as summer faded away and fall came in, Perfecta decided to throw a small tea party for herself and Snatcher. She invited him over to enjoy a castle-themed party. She brought out her tea set, painted with tiny castles, and set a perfect tea table. Then she made a chocolate castle cake that had five towers. The castle itself was made of Dutch chocolate and the towers were made out of creamy vanilla cake with layers of raspberry jam in between. Perfecta covered them in a silvery gray fondant and then decorated the castle towers with tiny windows and vines growing up the tower walls. Her castle cake was truly a sight to behold. Perfecta, this is absolute perfection, announced Snatcher as he picked up her magnifying glass and examined the cake sitting on the kitchen table. Indeed it is. It took me three days to get this perfect, she proudly beamed. I can't wait to try it, said Snatcher. Me too. Will you bring it into the dining room, please? Asked Perfecta. Of course, said Snatcher, as he gently picked up the tray with the castle cake. Perfecta sat down at the dining room table and admired her creation as Snatcher walked across the room oh so carefully. She poured them both a cup of tea and sipped hers as she admired every perfect detail on the castle cake. And then, just before Snatcher took his final step, his shoe caught on a floorboard and he tripped and fell. The castle cake went flying from his hands and came smashing down to the floor as all of the perfectly shaped towers broke into pieces. Perfecta watched the whole thing as if in slow motion. For several seconds, she couldn't think or breathe. And then she spun. She spun so fast and so furious. She looked just like a blur, like a miniature tornado hovering above the kitchen table. And then she disappeared right into her teacup, swirling like a tornado. Chapter Two Perfecta opened her eyes as she swirled, but she was moving so quickly that nothing was visible. Ever so slowly, the tornado started to wind down, and Perfecta felt dizzy. Her feet landed on soft earth, and she tried to stand up, but her head was still spinning, and she couldn't gain her balance. She plopped back down again. She heard an unfamiliar voice say. Perfecta looked around and saw a brown hair standing upright. She had a quizzical look on her face as she stared at Perfecta. Did you say, tisk, tisk? What did I do wrong? exclaimed Perfecta as she looked the hair over. I don't know, but you can't even stand up, 
replied the hare. Oh, I must have turned into a whirling dervish, Perfecta said quietly to herself. A what? A whirling dervish. My mother always uses that expression for me. She says, when things aren't perfect, I turn into a whirling dervish and spin out of control. The brown hare smiled and asked, Well, what isn't perfect? Here you are, in the hills above Chesky Komlov, the most perfect little village you could ever hope to see. Perfecta stood up again and turned to look down at the most perfectly charming village she had ever seen. There were hundreds of tiny white and yellow houses with red rooftops snuggling against one another. They were surrounded by a tree-lined river that circled around them, giving them a huge hug. Beyond the village were rolling green hills dotted with trees. Perfecta was enchanted at first glance. It looks like a fairy tale from here, she exclaimed. Oh, it is. It is even better when you walk through it, answered the hare. Then I must go. Won't you join me? sang out Perfecta as she set off for the village of Chesky Krumlov. Wait, wait a minute, young lady. My name is Sara, and I would love to be of service to you and accompany you. But there is something you must know before you head off. There is a band of wild foxes that live in these hills. They are not fond of visitors. In fact, they capture new visitors and take them to the Dalaborka Tower in Prague. Perfecta stopped abruptly and thought for a minute. Then she said, Why ever would they do that? Zara explained to her that legend had it there was a ghost that resembled a knight that haunted the Dalaborka Tower in Prague and that when it was empty of visitors, the ghost went looking for someone to haunt. He was known to enjoy the cool nights and the crisp country air, so he would make his way to the rolling hills and forests surrounding Chesky Krumlov. The foxes were terrified of him and believed that he brought bad luck. They said they saw him floating through the sky above their den from time to time, and they were spooked. They decided long ago that it was much better to keep the night ghost busy and occupied with visitors than to wait for the tower to be empty. So they did their best to make sure that Dalaborka Tower had plenty of visitors. They snuck into Prague by moonlight every fortnight and put up little signs for tourists pointing to Dalaborka Tower. If they encountered any rats or rodents along the way, they would capture them and then let them loose in the tower for the night ghost to haunt. If they see someone like you, I mean a new creature, they will be sure to capture you and take you to Dalaborka Tower, explained Zara. That sounds awful. I, I really just want to explore the perfect town of Chesky Krumlov, sighed Perfecta as she stared at it in the distance. Look at the sun. It is setting quickly. Darkness will soon be here. And that is when the foxes emerge from their den. We have a ways to go to Chesky Krumlov 
Follow me quickly, said Zara as she hopped towards the charming village. Wait, wait for me, called Perfecta, clutching her tiny magnifying glass and scurrying along. And there it was, a fox cry, a very close by fox cry. Chapter 3 Zara's ears stood up even straighter. She turned back and looked for Perfecta, but she couldn't see her in the oncoming darkness. Where are you? I can't see you. Zara called out in a hushed tone. Here, over here, said Perfecta, wildly flailing her arms. Zara squinted her eyes and looked in the direction of Perfecta's voice but all she saw was a blanket of darkness. And there it was again, a fox cry. Zara wasn't worried for herself as she knew she could easily outrun and dodge the foxes with her many hiding spots in the woods and hills. But she knew that Perfecta would be caught the moment the foxes spotted her. She needed to get Perfecta into one of her nearby hiding spaces. Perfecta stopped waving her arms, realizing she was drawing attention to herself, and she stood perfectly still. Then she got down on the ground and lay flat, trying to make herself invisible. She looked in the direction of Zara's voice, but saw nothing. Then she heard it, a tiny twig cracking in the woods behind her. She was too terrified to move. Then... A long pause of silence. A twig cracked again. Perfecta was so scared and confused. Was it Zara behind her in the woods, or was it the foxes? She couldn't be sure, so she stayed still. Zara had popped into one of her secret hiding spots, a small burrow halfway up a tree trunk that the foxes never thought to look in, as it was above their eye level. Like all hares, Zara had exceptional hearing, extremely good eyesight, and a keen sense of smell. All of her senses were on high alert. She sat in the silence of her hiding spot and waited patiently to hear, see, or smell something or someone. Ever so faintly, she heard the crackling of a dry leaf being stepped on. Zara turned her head in the direction of the tiny noise and narrowed her eyes, getting ready to focus in. She adjusted her eyesight to the darkness and scanned back and forth. Her eyes stopped as she noticed a tiny dark bump on the ground in the near distance. Perfecta. She had spotted Perfecta, lying still as a log. She knew she couldn't make her move yet, and she was glad that Perfecta was clever enough to lie still. Zara sat and listened, nothing but silence. She turned her head in the direction of Perfecta and silently willed her not to move or make a sound. She knew how cunning the foxes were, and she sensed they were nearby. But she also knew how she could get them to move on if they didn't know that Perfecta was lying on the ground. Zara silently hopped down to the ground and stood up, flashing her white ventral fur. She knew the foxes would see her, 
and they would know that she had spotted them. She knew foxes wouldn't give chase to a hare that has spotted them because the hare can run 50% faster than the foxes and the foxes know this. If they know they have been spotted, they give up and move on. Sure enough, the foxes did spot Zara's white ventral fur in the darkness and they knew that they had been made. So they turned in the opposite direction. But just as they did, Perfecta stood up and called out at Zara. Stop! What are you doing? Why are you showing yourself? They will see you. Then she began to run towards Zara to protect her. But it was too late. The skulk of foxes had spotted Perfecta and they ran right for her. Zara watched as the Todd picked her up by the edge of her dress and ran off with Perfecta. Chapter four. Zara looked on in despair as Perfecta and the foxes disappeared into the darkness. She knew the foxes wouldn't hurt Perfecta, but Perfecta didn't know that. She would be taken to Dalaborka Tower and left there in the hopes that the ghost knight would stay away from the countryside surrounding Chesky Kumlov. As they sped through the woods towards Prague, the Todd held Perfecta by her dress as she dangled from his mouth. Perfecta was so distracted by the fact that her perfect dress was torn, she didn't even feel afraid. She stared up at the fox and called out, I demand you release me. Do you realize you have torn my dress? He paused for a second and glanced down at her. He was so taken aback by her demand that he stopped just to stare at her. Then he thought to himself, The ghost of Dalborka is going to love her. She certainly isn't shy. They darted in and out of the alleys of Prague as they made their way to the castle. The Todd had perfected a quick and stealth route into the castle via underground tunnels and passages. He liked to get in and out as quickly as possible in order to avoid the ghost knight. Soon they were at the tower and they entered through one of the Todd's secret tunnels. He went right to the edge of the passage, stuck his nose into the tower and released his jaw dropping Perfecta to the ground. Then he turned and disappeared, placing a brick as a block to the tunnel entry. How dare you, Perfecta said, stomping her feet. You've ruined my perfect dress and then you just run away? But he had vanished. Perfecta caught her breath and looked around. She was in a large tower that was very tall and very dark, with a few tiny windows that were very high up on the walls. It felt like a huge, dark, ominous cave. She straightened out her dress and called out, Hello! The sound just echoed back at her. Hello. Perfecta began to walk around the tower. It was old and dirty, with cobwebs hanging from the corners. A little bit of light was still streaming in from the tiny windows far above her, and it shone on all of the dust and cobwebs, Perfecta could find no way out and she had nothing to do. So she did the only thing she could think of. She started to make things as perfect as she could. She found an old stick in a corner and used it to gather up cobwebs. 
She cleaned up every cobweb she could find, poking and prodding with her stick. Then she moved a dusty, rickety chair into a corner and wiped it down. She did the best she could to perfect the dirty old tower. As the sun set and the light disappeared, Perfecta could no longer see anything but a small trickle of moonlight coming in from one of the windows far above. She sat on the old chair and closed her eyes and did her best to imagine what the perfect little town of Chesky Krumlov was like. She remembered the quick glimpse she had had when she first met Zara, and then she began to visualize cobblestone streets and sweet little pastry shops. Just as she was about to imagine a cinnamon twist, she felt something strange and eerie in the air. Perfecta opened her eyes and looked up to see a ghost, a ghost that looked like a knight in armor. It moved above her and seemed to be looking down right at her and bowing. Perfecta was so stunned, she forgot to be scared. Instead, she blurted out, Please don't be mad. I cleaned your tower. The ghost knight bowed again and almost looked like he was smiling. I had nothing else to do and nowhere to go, so I tried to make everything perfect, she said. He just floated in front of her very peacefully and held out his arms. Oh, please don't hurt me. I just wanted to get to see the town of, of Chesky Krumlov and, and the Todd, the Todd, the big fox, he brought me here. Now I just want to go home to Goop World. The ghost nodded, then floated even closer to Perfecta and drew her to him. She didn't know how he did it, but she found herself floating through the air with the ghost knight and straight out of the tiny tower window. They floated high over the city of Prague, which looked like a shining jewel below, and then they drifted over the rolling hills and straight over the charming village of Chesky Krumlov. Perfecta looked down with her magnifying glass on the fairy tale village. She saw the cobblestone streets, the town square, the river that circled the entire village, and the castle that stood amongst it all. It was one of the most perfect sights she had ever seen. It's perfect, just perfect, she sighed in a dreamy voice. Then she felt a little tug from the ghost knight, who released her right over the castle of Chesky Kunlov. She floated gently downwards, taking it all in with her magnifying glass, until she landed softly inside a castle room that looked exactly like her room back at Goop World. I'm home, she half asked herself as she stood up and looked around. Then she said, I'm home, with a smile in her voice. Perfecta then set off to find Snatcher and tell him all about the foxes and the ghost knight and the perfect town of Chesky Kunlov but he was nowhere to be found. Snatcher was racing along on a dog sled in Greenland, but that is a tale for another time. Okay, that is it for this episode of Goop Tales. And I hope you learned something new and enjoyed the podcast. And if you did, I would love to hear from you. You can leave a review on iTunes by going to 
If you go to gooptales.com forward slash reviews, it shows you where to click through to do that. You can also go to gooptales.com and um, there is a page on there where you can vote, or not you can vote, but you can send in your goop name, the name that you want to make up for a goop. And there's a voting section where you can vote on your favorite goop name for the next story. Now, next time it's going to be Snatcher, but who knows who it's going to be after Snatcher. So you can always vote on something or write me in maria at gooptails.com to make your selection. And don't forget, if you haven't gotten the free coloring book at gooptails.com, there's a downloadable coloring book. And if you want a Gooptails t-shirt, make sure to go to shop.gooptails.com and you can pick out your favorite Goop and put him on a t-shirt, him or her. Let's see. I think that's it for this time. So I will see you next time when we join Snatcher in Greenland. And until then, make every day a Goop day. <laughs> 